Chris Paul played 23 minutes, had more fouls than rebounds, more fouls than points. Devin Booker, on the other hand, carrying the load better in like casual with 35, leading the Suns. I was just thinking that last night when I was watching, I was like, you know what? I gotta look back at it. You know what I mean? I can't put myself in the situations to give them that ability to do that. You know what I mean? So I just gotta look at myself and figure out how to be better. But what did you see from you guys defensively that led to the threes that Dallas was able to get? Uh, I mean, they've been doing the same thing five out offense. You know, they have bigs that can stretch the floor. Um, so just good spacing and, and driving and attacking and making plays for each other. Uh, CP3? Mm-hmm. Oh, it's, it, he's been doing this with the jacket the entire time. What's the question? Did I go? That's why. Cracks of defense or whatever, things that you can do between game three and four that you can now take from. Yeah, offensively, we, we weren't worried about anything offensively. I think we we were scoring well. Um, Does that count as three? Defending the outside. I don't want to get caught. So we got to clean up. That's enough. We got to clean That's up four. our defensive strategy and our rotations. So what was the biggest talking point in the locker room to get rid of the A, finish this one, and move on again? Uh, we usually, you know, we let we let the dust settle, um, watch film as a team, and regroup. Is that I count? do bad for him. <laughs> in terms of just finishing yeah, that's definitely fine. getting hot early in the adjustments maybe they weren't made, particularly early in the game, even when he got fired. Uh, yeah. I and mean, back to what I started with, you know, they're penetrating and, you know, finding the open man and they're hitting shots. I think they hit 20, 20 some threes today. Oh, nice. um, oh, so it's tough to beat a team like that. <laughs> I was just saying before how. I'm sorry, Gabriel. Patient with this moment. <laughs> you know, what, don't really react because the net leads. <gasps> open, open threes. Did you feel like the guys did? Overreact too much to him in that in that area. I wouldn't say in the post, you know, more on, on drives. Uh, I think he scored a couple times in the post, but you know, it's just it's gonna take us to stay in front of our man. You know, don't give him no angle. You know, don't let him get in our paint, and you know, just make it tough on him. Chris, if you had to pick one place the team has to adjust after these last two games, where would it be? I don't know. I look at the film, figure it out. It was like a blurry night. I'm saying, yeah. I'm good. I'm sorry. And six. Yeah. <laughs> you know, uh, okay. So, he has, he has to leave like six times in three minutes. Yeah. And when I was watching it, I honestly thought that he was just like annoyed with how the game went. And mm-hmm. he just didn't, he really didn't want to talk about it. Because he hadn't come out yet, right? Uh, it hadn't come out yet. What happened? Yeah, no, no, no. It came out after right. that something had happened with his family. Um, we're going to get to that in a second. But before we get into that, I know we like need to get the drinks going. And so I want to give you something before we start that. So I'm this, excited. Every time she's like, I have something for you, I'm like, ah! This, this is fun. just to say thank you for like going along with all my crazy ideas. Why wouldn't I? <laughs> I'm just I mean, there are crazy. a lot of people who don't, but like... <laughs> You really supported like everything, and so whoa! <gasps> you got the purple jean. Ah! I got the purple jean. <laughs> I so went, exciting! I went in to get it. Hold on, we gotta we gotta show the camera. So this oh. is Empress Jen. Can can we see the label Empress Jen? And so it's a purple color. 
because I mean, Violet Crown. <laughs> um, I so I, when I went in to to get it, I was like, "Yeah, do y'all sell Empress Gin?" And the guy was like, "Oh yeah, we have that." You know, he's like, "Just so you know, most oh, of it's just like marketing." Yeah, he was like, "Most of it's just marketing," and I was like, "Well, it's a color that I think she'll like, and she loves gin, so I think it'll make a good gift." Yeah. I was just like, "Why is he like hating ah, on the gin?" So so, yeah, I'm excited to try it, especially after learning the process that they go through to actually make it purple. I'm like, "That's that's interesting." Yes. Or indigo. It is indigo gin. It is not so. Whatever. So so technically, the colors of Violet Crown we have. We have violet, we have indigo, and so we say purple out of habit, but like none of our colors are actually purple. So. <laughs> indigo gin. It's, it's facts. I actually have like the hex codes to prove it. Like we have a whole I'm color palette, so and none excited. of them are purple. This is so exciting. So anyway, now we are going to pour our drinks, yes. and we'll be right back. Yes. <laughs> oh, this is so cool. This is so So now we've got indigo gin and tonic. <laughs> or now that it's lighter, is, is this it's, violet? It, I I'm, would say this is a lot more violet than, than indigo. Yes. Anyways. It's so much, so much smoother than, than That's any impressive. other gin. Yes, it's really fucking good. <laughs> wow. That is very, very smooth. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Empress gin. <laughs> Kudos, yes. Bitches love you. Yes, You're yes. Doing great. If you want to sponsor us, you know, we drink every week. <laughs> we can well, start we using record. clear glasses. So yes, so you can product. see it. It's totally fine. I'm totally okay with that. All right. So back to Chris Paul yeah. and that post-game pe- press conference. I was conference. so excited about the gin that he was just like, <laughs> change of emotions. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I already felt bad for him before I found out something had happened with his family. Yeah. Like I would, you know, that was a rough ass game. Um, and, and so then, fouled, and he fouled out. Yes. And so then when I found out that something had happened with his family on top of that, like it made it make a lot more sense. Yeah. Right. Because like, yes, that was like one of the worst games that he's ever had. Yeah. Um, he got more, was it more fouls than points people have been saying? Uh, oh yeah. Some weird, some weird stat like that. It was, I don't know. But, and we've talked about this before, but I just don't, like, why do you pick those two people out of the entire team? You mean to, to do the press conference? Yes. Like, you know, you know what CP3 <laughs> just went through. He fucking fouled out. His family got, you know, kind of fucked over. And then you have him at the fucking post number that's going to be like, oh, so what do you think about the game? Well, bitch, I don't even know <laughs> what to think about the game. I can't even think about the game right now. I think I think it's one of those situations where it's like the interest of the media and the interest of the athlete, they just don't that's coincide. And real quick, said. so yeah, Chris Paul, 23 minutes, five points, six fouls. Oh, wow. Um, he had seven assists during that time. But yeah, that that is he, I mean, people were saying, oh, it was an uncharacteristic game. Uh, but but it's like that that's beyond uncharacteristic. That is literally the like statistically the worst game he's ever had yeah you know but going back to the the conflict between the interests of the athletes and the interests of the media I was actually thinking about that the other day because like you know one of the things that we talk about with bitches love sports and especially in the BLS community is just the fact that like fangirling is kind of frowned upon and so 
like for me, (laughs) for me, like after I watched that game, I didn't have a good day, honestly, like because I've. I literally felt bad for Chris Paul. I felt bad for Devin Booker. Yeah. Like the fact that like, and I even said this on Twitter, it wasn't even a fun game to watch. Yeah. It's one thing to it lose, was not. Yeah. but the way that game was called, it interrupted the flow of the game. The Suns never got into a rhythm. And I, I literally felt a way about the way that they lost. And yeah. I feel like if I were actually one of the people in that room, whose job it was to ask some questions, I don't know if I could have said much beyond like, Hey, you're here because you have a job to do. I'm here because I have a job to do. I'm sorry, you have to do this. Are, are you okay? Like, yeah. What you, is you- there anything I can do? Like, I'm so sorry. But I'm I'm just like, is it weird to like like literally feel away? Like, do other sports fans deal with that? Because oh. I know other sports fans don't get mad like if their team loses. Oh, yeah. That's but, me. but do they like feel that way about a certain player, like specifically or certain players? Ah, uh, that is a good question. I don't know if I if I feel a certain way about a play. I don't. I don't know. That's what I was trying to figure out. Like, is this a is is this a normal sports fan thing, or is this more like a or is this like a it's more like a lethal thing, a fan, a fan grilling? You know, <laughs> like I don't. I don't know about a specific player, but for sure, any any game that hasn't that didn't go the way that I wanted it to go. Or it went just as bad as the Suns and Mavericks. Uh, yes, for sure. It affects my day for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah, it sucks. <laughs> but like, like, see, like you were saying, like, well, are you okay? What they asked them that at the post game conference? I don't know. Are you okay? Because you know, or- we care about you and your feelings, and we want you to perform and do your job right. So. At least I didn't ask any like outright rude questions. Like none of the questions were just like. Well, did you hear the end with the officials with Devin Booker? I that did. Was such a, that was such and a that funny. Was, that was that was funny. funny. And as a matter of fact, let's go to that because one, I swear, I love Devin Booker's voice. Oh my god! <laughs> I so love I've, <laughs> I've already watched this interview probably like six times just to hear him talk. Oh. But also, <laughs> it was it was it was quite humorous. Oh, that was really funny. That was really funny. <laughs> I just I was just like I yes yes that was it, it was so well answered. You know, like he didn't get in trouble. He didn't say anything he shouldn't have said. Quote unquote. That's freedom of speech, but whatever. Um, I mean, I've been in five hundred basketball games, something like that, and I haven't quite seen one like like today. So it's tough. It was a different type of game, a different energy. I mean, starting off the game, foul trouble. Um, Text for energy. no reason. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> it's just, just a, a lock game with it. Mm-hmm. And I think we just have to flush it down the toilet and move on to the next game. What was the explanation of the game you put the tech thing down? That I flew my arm and, and hit him in the face. Purposely. Purposely. Have you ever seen someone get a tech before when they've been fouled? I have not. That's a good question. <laughs> As you're smiling now, you were trying to smile through it the whole thing. That getting tougher and tougher in the game. It's not tough. Um, You know, we're just going to play our game. You know, that's Phoenix Suns basketball. We're going to play all the way through the clock. You know, no matter if we feel the refs are against us or not. Um, That'll give them for sure. So, you know, I think everybody on our team has been in worse situations in life. And like I said last game, we've been in series before. So, 
just enjoying it, taking her all in. It's, you know, it's fun. What, what was your mentality while they're going 14 of 24 for three? Was it they got to start missing at some point and you know, we got to be ready to pounce at that time? Uh, I like his answer for this. You got to lose that mentality or, or thought process in the playoffs. You know, that's some regular season stuff. Um, I mean, they're shooting it and then they're shooting it well. Um, so we just have to make the, the shots tougher. You know, I think there are a lot of them are open shots that they're supposed to make. It feels like more than ever, like game to game, there's a lot of talk about adjusting to the officiating and figuring out how it's going. Does it feel like different than last summer that there's more adjustment from game to game on what they're calling and not? Am I being set up right now? <laughs> I can't. He's such a, he has such a cute smile. I rewatched the last couple games, and you guys tell me what you think. That's the best I can tell you. That's a stupid question. What are you allowed to say about officials, and what are you not allowed to say? Are you allowed that's to a great question. That's a great question. I don't. I don't know either. <laughs> um, that's what I don't know. But what Giannis said, I don't want the twenty twenty five coming my way. That's a good way they can scare you though. They've been, you know, I think there's a lot of focus on Dallas's offense and the trees they generated, mm-hmm. but for you guys... I think that's most of the talk about the officials. Yeah, yeah. That was just such a funny moment for me because he was, like, so diplomatic about it. <laughs> like, I don't want to get in trouble, okay? We already had a lot of trouble tonight. I don't want to get in anymore. <laughs> yeah, no, don't want the refs getting mad at me. Don't want no fines. Yeah. God, did um, you see that... Um, the Warriors uh, coach has COVID. Well, he's I, I did see that. I did see that. And I don't know if we'll talk specifically about that. But no, but that was just like I saw it. it was, oh, on, on there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it reminded me of it. Um, yeah, I mean, I respect the fact that regardless of what happens, they are still looking at what they can do. Because uh, we didn't share the Monty Williams clip, but even Monty Williams pointed out a lot of things that, that didn't go the way that he would have liked mm-hmm. um, as far as the Suns, the way the Suns were playing. And I noticed on Twitter, like as soon as I, I made a comment about, you know, basically the way the Suns played, especially from a statistical standpoint, there were a few people who were like, oh, no, it's not us, it's the officials. And I, I get that, but I'm also an advocate <laughs> for controlling the controllables and you can't control the officials. And so... I'm going to ask you because, yes, the officiating was garbage. It was trash, right? I agree. But there were things that the Suns could have done better. So do you think that it's like, and this is for any athlete, any sport, is it possible for the officiating to be so bad that you get so out of a rhythm that it actually affects the things that you are in control of, like uh, shot selection or the shots that you make? Because that seemed to be what some people were ultimately arguing that like, yes, the Suns weren't shooting well, their defense wasn't good, but it was because of the way the game was being called. Yes, I I do. I 100% do believe that. I mean, it's happened to me in multiple, not multiple games, but certain games that it's just so frustrating that regardless of what you do, you get a penalty. It doesn't matter. It's like they have your number. So... Yes, I do believe, and that, that because to me that affects me like uh, mentally. So, and I it shouldn't, but it does. Uh, and I I wonder if a lot of this 
professional players, it also happens to them. Like it's just, and it's out, it's like a whole, like the whole team. You could tell everybody was just so frustrated. Yeah, and normally I would be like, play through it, get past it. Like yeah. you can't let it affect you that much. But it was really the whole game. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like one or two bad calls. Like uh, I was, I was oh, no, watching no, video was, of some of Chris Paul's fouls from that game. The last one, and um, <laughs> the last one was ridiculous because it was like, like his his arm and the players, the other players' arms were literally coming down, and it seemed like as soon as Chris Paul realized that his arm was his arm, he he did like that, yes. right? And so it was just kind of like, I don't know, it just one of the other fouls that he got was he and um, Doncic went in the air at the same time. Yeah. They were coming down simultaneously. And when they came down, their hips touched. And they he got called in the foul for that. And I'm like, clearly that wasn't intentional. He was in the air. When right. they went in the air, and they weren't making control. contact, yes. right? Yes. And then the way they both landed, <clears throat> they happened to bump into each other and they decided to make a call like that. And so I could see how if you get a call like that, the next time you go up for a rebound, you might be a little oh, bit hesitant, right, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and Which, so when I when I started to look at it, too. yes, and when I started to look at it that way, I was just like, hmm. Yes, maybe there are some things they can do differently. I mean, who doesn't want to get better, regardless? Like even when teams win, I'm like, yes, yeah, still look at that film and still try to yeah. get better. Yeah. But at the same time, I could totally see how calls like that could make you be like. I don't want to foul out, so I don't know how hard I can play on defense. I don't know how hard to go for rebounds. Um, I don't know what to do when I have the ball because some of his fouls were offensive. It's just like, what do you do? Yeah, I don't know. I I, I do think that they're, but both teams really, like, gave away some shots. Like, they were mm-hmm. wide open. Uh, but, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I do think that Props and respect to every official, but the officiating did affect. You don't have to worry. You're not going to get the outcome. (laughs) The outcome of this game. (laughs) We can say what we want. (laughs) Well, you know, but like because our revs don't get paid. Yes. So I'm trying to be respectful to Yeah, just create a habit. Yes. Yes. That's valid. Create that habit. Only reason, because. I would say a lot of other shit about the rest last night. Honestly, I like I yesterday. I it was it was terrible. It was garbage. It was trash. Look, they're talking about it now. We're watching the TNT um, tip off show yeah. before the the before Heat game, mm-hmm. and they're talking about the the Mavs Suns game now. Are they running through Chris Paul's fouls? I think they are. It looks like it. He got called for everything. For everything, he couldn't even do anything. That's what I'm saying. Like that's so frustrating when they got your number like that. That it's it's it gets to you like there's a point that it was just like it doesn't matter what I do if I'm on the court I'm gonna get a, I'm gonna get a foul yeah so um but props to them for trying to handle it in a mature way um especially seeing you know book sit there finish the interview by himself and give some really good answers I swear if I could just get him to call me like once a week. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. I just want to hear your voice. <laughs> I'm saying. <laughs> Do you know? oh, if you could just call me once a week. <laughs> I'm just saying. Oh man. Um well, while we're on the topic of the sons, so the situation with Chris Paul's family, apparently 
um, when, when I first heard about the situation, it was that someone had put their hands on Chris Paul's, was it wife or mom? I think you might've actually read the story. Both. He said both. Yeah. And then I started seeing headlines that were saying it was an unwanted hug. I sent you the story yeah, and I, I didn't actually I get to read it. <laughs> oh, I did. I did. And so what had a video? Well, apparently this fan was, yes, it was an unwanted hug, but it was also like some, some talking that it was also unwanted and some pushing also on. Uh, so was it antagonistic? Mom. Were they saying offensive things or were they bothering people they who didn't, didn't want to be say. bothered? They okay. didn't say, but for what I understand, for what I read, the family told this person to stop and they didn't. And mm. this person had to get kicked out. And someone said that it was a kid. Was it was it a, a kid. kid. Have you oh, just okay. seen the video? Hold on. Hold on. Okay. Hold on. Just one second. Because I sent it to Flynn and he didn't even see it either. I'm like, it's a fucking kid. Okay. <laughs> let me look at this video because I have not yet. The, that, I Honestly, Chris's, Chris Paul's reaction is priceless to me. Okay. All right, let's see what happened. Is there audio on it? Yeah. Oh, there it is. There it is. It's a kid. Oh, wow. He's a child. And let's not call it a threat. I don't want to get an enemy. I'll see you later. I'll see you later. I would have, I, I honestly, he handled a lot better than I probably did. Well, I mean, he's, he's older, you know, he's got some maturity there. So, <laughs> he's not much older than me, is he? Uh, okay, that's a good point. He's, he just turned 37. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I would have, I would have not. I don't be thinking about your actual age sometimes. <laughs> you do be going in. <laughs> I'm right behind you. Uh, I'm like, I feel like he would have he handled it the way I want to handle it, honestly. But I think he's also a strategist like me. I get that vibe from him. <sighs> yes. I see, I, I'm not, I'm not a very emotional person, so I would have just like jumped out. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it would have came on the pregame show, like, um, <laughs> Elena won't be playing tonight. She's just been sent to the locker room, took off her jersey. <laughs> it's cool. Oh, all righty. Um, all right. So we didn't say this at the beginning of the show, but we have a guest coming on. So I'm going to introduce her now. I apologize. The last couple of days have been a little busy. So I'm about to read this verbatim and hopefully it goes well. <laughs> So coming on to the show, we have Tiffany Cook, who is a marketing and communications director for Every Kid Sports, a nonprofit organization that pays youth sports registration fees. She is also the public relations manager for a software company based in Madison, Wisconsin. Her passions are travel, helping others, and making money. Those are some of my passions, too. I <laughs> She's a military kid that has lived in Guam, North Dakota, and various locations in the U.S. She currently lives in Houston, Texas, where she raises her daughter. She has played softball, dance, kickball, and flag football. Nice. So, everybody, welcome to the show, Tiffany Cook. Thank you. <laughs> How's it going? Going good. How are you guys? Good, good. Um, glad to be recording. This is the highlight yes. of my week, mostly. <laughs> yes. 
this is a fun time for me too. Like it's no pressure, hopefully. Uh, <laughs> no pressure. Yeah. You can say whatever. It's cool. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. No censorship here. <laughs> right, right, I like that. <laughs> so before we jump into some of the uh, headlines currently in sports, um, I'm sure after listening to that intro, there might be some people listening who want to know a little bit more about every kid's sports. So. Tell us a little bit more about what that is and what the organization does. Absolutely. Um, so Every Kid Sports is a nonprofit organization. I've been with them for a little over a year now. Um, and what they do is they actually pay the uh, youth sports registration fees for kids um, that are um, on any type of assistance, SNAP, WIC, Medicaid. Um, so if they want to play sports, and they, you know, are on some sort of assistance, then they will cover the cost up to $150 four times per year. And um, I love it. I love that we're able to give back. I love that we are able to help. Um, that's one of the things that is near and dear to my heart. Sports has helped me as a military kid, just like kind of make bonds and, and connect with people when I was just like the new person on the block. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I, I love that they're able to do that. Um, and like I said, I mean, I, I it's nationwide. So I've seen, um, you know, parents comment on different things as far as the impact it's made on their kids and just being able to provide that resource for their kids. So um, it's, it's a cool thing. So, yeah. That does sound like a cool thing. About how many kids do y'all help annually? Well, we, we the target is 100000 per year um, so far um, since I've been with the organization and since we've went national, we've helped 80000 So it's been a year, oh, you know, since, since June to now, we've helped 80000 wow. kids. So we just, you know, part of the thing is, you know, the more funds we get, the more kids we get to right. help. It's a very lean organization. Um, but we definitely want to be able to help more kids and it's everything it's i mean we've helped i would say maybe around 60 different sports so it's your main ball sports but it's also like wrestling it's dance it's swimming it's you know a lot of different lessons that kids can actually partake in through the funding that we provide yeah, that's amazing. And I think, um, especially for our listeners who may not have kids or who may not have kids that are currently involved in sports, they might not realize how expensive those registrations for kids' sports can become. Um, you know, so it, with some sports, <laughs> you know, we're talking about hundreds of dollars that, you know, if, if a person is already on assistance, we can safely assume that they may not, the, the parents in the family may not have that extra money in their budget. And so it really does make a huge difference in these kids' lives to be able to go from, okay, I just kind of have to go to school and come home and that's my life to being able to say like, okay, now I have this fulfilling activity I can participate in. Now I can connect with other kids. I can compete. I can find maybe skills and talents and outlets that I didn't have access to before or wasn't aware of before all through this organization. So I think that's really amazing. Um, I know it probably varies depending on the location, like registration and fees in like LA and New York would be different than in like my hometown of Lake Charles, Louisiana. But like how, what kind of numbers? Are <laughs> oh, my oh, my God. my daughter was born in Lake Charles. Oh my God. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> she's like 
jumping over there. Like, <laughs> uh, yeah, 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 yeah. No, it, it definitely varies. And, and that's the thing, like, um, beyond me coming into the organization, I mean, I think that dollar amount was kind of like an average. Um, but yeah, I mean, there are some places where you can learn, um, you know, to karate for 60 bucks a month. And if we're going to cover, you know, 150 of that over the course of three months, that's still a big dent in the cost that a parent has to pay. Um, but but for us, I think it's more of just making sure the kids are still active and, you know, even post pandemic, like there's I know, you know, politically, there's a lot of, you know, all oh, the jobs are on the rise and employment is on the rise. but. There's still inflation. There's still people that, you know, are making money, but with everything going up, like I still may not be able to pay for my kid to play a sport. Um, so, you know, that just kind of lessens the burden and it keeps the kids active. And I think like um, there's some statistics out there. If someone wants to know, I can send that along. But like as far as like women who are, um, you know, high achievers, they play sports. Um, you know, even males that are high achievers, they play sports. You know, people that are more successful, less likely to go into depression or have mental illness or mental health issues. Sports is a main factor that helps, you know, kind of mitigate that a little bit, you know. Um, so I think like for kids, you know, you have to have that team team environment or that sports environment or just some sort of outlet for whatever is going on in your life. And I think um, it's, it's very important. And, you know, I grew up playing stuff and I grew up with, you know, being a fan of my brothers playing stuff. So I think, you know, it, it's, it's a big deal. I think it's a big deal, especially nowadays when mental health is so important. Everyone needs that physical outlet and things to get the juices flowing. And not only that, I think when it comes to mental health, sometimes the desire to compete can like be a motivation for people to actually get help when they may not otherwise get help for certain things that they might be dealing with, you know? Um, so there's just so many ways that I think um, the average person who may not compete in a sport or participate doesn't realize how much participating in a sport can improve a quality oh, yeah. of life. It shapes you as a person too, and your personality as you grow up. You learn so much stuff and how to deal with other people that you might or may not like, or you know, like you, yeah, it just shapes you as, as a person. Resilience, yes. all of that, persistence. <laughs> you know, just being able to cope with failure. Yeah, yes. you know, losing something, losing a game is a very easy way for you to understand I lost but I I live to play another day right. the game and I think even that like I know for me like that's probably one of the things that I learned from sports is like I'm not going to win everything and that's okay mm -hmm. you know <clears throat> mm -hmm. yep. So speaking of not winning everything and being okay. <laughs> That's okay. such a nice segue. Such a nice segue. <laughs> Before we brought you on, we were talking about the Phoenix Suns and these last couple of games that they've had. Um, so before the playoffs started, a lot of people expected the Phoenix Suns to, you know, wipe out. Yeah, just yeah, okay, they're they're gonna make it to the NBA finals, like that's a given, whatever. And it feels like after these last couple of games, 
people are starting to question that. Now, I personally don't think they should question that. <laughs> it's um, our team. Of course you don't question No, no, no. But it's not only because of that. Chris Paul is called the point god for a reason, okay? His analytical skills are top-notch. He's been in the league for a long time. He said in that post-game press conference he was going to look at film and figure out what to do differently. And when when Chris Paul says that, I I feel like he's looking at film right now. (laughs) Like They got to play tonight, right? Yeah, Yeah, they they got to play tonight. He's looking at film right now. (laughs) Yeah. So, like, I trust him to figure something out. They aren't going to take this line down. But oh, sure. um, since you mentioned that, you know, that's that's one of the things that you are, you know, going to talking about. I want to get your perspective on what's happened in these past couple of games, because, you know, Devin Booker gave us the task <laughs> of looking at the last couple of games and saying what we think. So... <laughs> If you've seen the last couple of games, what do you think about how things are going with the Suns? I mean, I feel like the Suns are at a very pivotal point right now. I mean, um, excuse me, I'm just going to mute my phone. I thought I had it muted. <laughs> but yeah, I just, I, they're at a very pivotal, pivotal point right now. I mean, I think in any championship series, semifinals, anything like that, there comes a point in a game or in a series where you can look at it and say, this is where we need to either make a change and try to win or not make a change and stay the course. And I think the Suns are at that point where I think there needs to be some adjustments. Um, I have all the faith in the world and Chris Paul. I love, I'm a Chris Paul fan. I love just the overall you know, good guy, good player. You know, I love a good family man. I think he's that. <laughs> um, and, and I want to see people like him win. Yes, um, yes. I think they're at a point that turn it up tonight. <laughs> you want to clutch anything moving forward, even just beyond this series. Like they, whatever happens tonight, I think is going to determine the their fate in making it to the finals or even winning the finals. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I see that being very critical. Um, I mean, I, I want to see the Suns be there, but I also, you know, I, I like Giannis. I, 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 I <laughs> love it. <laughs> but I mean, um, you know, my team is very fight <laughs> <laughs> on that. Um, rebuilding year. It's a rebuilding year. Yeah, it's a rebuilding year, definitely. <laughs> but um, you know, I mean, I, I, as far as for me, who I would love to see take it all would be the Bucks, the Heat. Um, you know, I, I like to see people that don't have those big dynasties. And the Suns is one too. You know, I, I like to see those teams that don't have the big dynasties and and all these rings behind them actually get a shot you know and so but I do think Chris Paul needs to step it up all of his teammates they need to like elevate tonight to make something happen agreed agreed um so this is a question for both y'all like so there are some people who are like okay we understand Chris Paul playing a little bit hesitant not being as aggressive because of the way the game was being called do you think he should have just, like, I mean, he fouled out anyway. Should he just have kept going hard and just been like, you know what? 
I'm 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 not gonna go out like no bitch. Like, <laughs> I like, how, like what do you, I know you would? <laughs> I'll let you answer first, and then I'll give my take. I, I would have, I would have. I mean, I've been in kind of that situation too. And if I'm not in like a, well, that's a very important game, but uh, I would have just gone just as hard. Cause if they are, if I know the reds already have my number, I know I'm going to follow anyways. So I'm just going to do whatever, you know, I came here to do. So. Yeah. I'm the same way. I'm not a reserved type of person, especially <laughs> when I'm, when it's all on the line. For me, I'm just like, I don't want to leave nothing undone. You know, I don't want to have any regrets. So for me, I'm going balls to the wall. You know what I mean? Right. Like, fuck it. I'm going for it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So, so yeah, I I feel like, you know, go for it. You know, go for it. Do your thing. And at the end of the day, you can say, I gave all I had. You know, I, I would hate in any situation. I hate to be like, oh, I didn't. You know right. what if? <laughs> yes. What if yeah. all of that? So, yeah. and we've yeah. talked about this before. Like, if we were at a game and like we're losing by a few points, and we have a jammer and you know penalty trouble, we're still yeah. gonna get her out if we need those extra points. If you know, like, yeah, we're not about to sit there and lose with right. The jammer right. Then we lose. Like, ah, we should have put that jammer out. Like, no, we're just gonna do whatever we can. So, yeah, I agree. I agree with y'all. The only thing I'll say in Chris Paul's defense is I think he was trying to figure it out. I don't think he yeah. expected the Tiki Tac calls to extend to go through the whole game. Yeah. And yeah. I, I think just every adjustment that he made it ended up being matched with another bad call. And then he was sat for a while. So I do think that happened. Um, I just think the ways that he was trying to adjust were more like strategic as opposed to just being aggressive and just being like, I'm going to go harder. And maybe, and maybe that was smart. I don't know. It's like, it's hard to tell, you know, it's, it's easy for us to say like in hindsight, hindsight's always 2020. It's easier. It's easy for us to say now, like, oh, he should have just been more aggressive. I think, I think in the moment, maybe he didn't want to be more aggressive. Maybe he thought he could make adjustments to where he could still contribute to his team and not, Mm -hmm. and not foul out. Um, and I think it just so happened that you only get so many opportunities to make an adjustment <laughs> before, okay, now you have no more chances because yeah. you fouled out, go sit your ass down. Yeah. Well, like, and I think also, like, I think some players think so much about the longevity, and it's like you got to decide sometimes in that moment, am I playing for the, the moment or I'm playing for longevity? You know what I mean? And I mean – if you think about the game, the game, you know, uh, sometimes a matter of a span of five to seven minutes can make and break a game. You know, whether yeah, you go on a run, it yeah. can break morale. It can, you know, you a lot of things can happen within a short span of time as far as determining the outcome of a game. And so, you know, you're probably right. You know, he was kind of didn't know what to do in the moment. Of the referees play a big part in how a lot of these games play out. Sometimes they let them go. Sometimes they're like calling everything, you know? And so when you feel like, okay, I'm trying to preserve myself for the next couple of minutes or the next quarter or whatever, then you may play more reserved, but 
maybe that's why I'm not a man. I'm not in the league. <laughs> I would be very much like I'm in the moment. I'm going for it every damn time. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. That's what I'm yeah. doing. So yeah. that's yeah. just me. Oh yeah. Now I was listening to um, or watching a show this morning, I should say, because bitches love sports. We also love sports talk shows. Um, and there was one thing that I hadn't thought about, but after it was mentioned, I do kind of agree. And they were talking about Devin Booker. And normally- Of course they were. Yes, of course they were, because he's worth talking about, okay? Like, who wouldn't want to talk about Devin Booker? I could make a whole podcast about I know, Devin you can make a whole podcast <laughs> talking about D-Book. Yes, I could. Anyway. <laughs> um, it's not often that I agree with criticism of Devin Booker's play. However, a point was made. Okay. Let let me just make the point. However, a point was made (laughs) that I did agree with a little bit. Um, Somebody was commenting on the fact that this season, especially Devin Booker has really come into his own as uh, as a player, as like, you know, I'm no longer learning. I'm no longer the young player. Mm -hmm. Yep. I am now walking side by side with with Chris Paul. We've talked about it because Mm -hmm. that's one of the things that I've praised him for. And they were making the point that since CP3 was having so much trouble, Book should have stepped up in a bigger way. And I hadn't thought about it because, like, he scored, uh, let's see, Booker, 35 points, right? Which isn't bad. But when you think about the fact that they lost by 10 points and he's had games where he's scored over 40 points, you have to kind of think about like, okay, what would have happened if he could have stepped up? Yeah. Because he wasn't in the same kind of foul trouble. He ended the game with three, four fouls. Four. So I mean, like, yes, and no, that harder. is a high number. But like, I mean, CP3 fouled out. He didn't. Okay. Yeah. So what would have happened if he had put up one of his forty-plus point games? You know. Um, and so there were some people saying, like, okay, he should have taken over. He should have been the dude to be like, you know what? I got this. And just been like, give me the ball. I'm going to get us this win. Uh, I don't know. I don't know how I feel about that. I have mixed feelings about it. Like, yes, I agree. But also, I feel like he didn't want to get into the same place that as CP3 was. Had he gone I can see that. Yeah. Because I will say that's something that we haven't seen. Yeah. Like we saw him do that when CP3 was out with injury when right. C- when he was out for like entire well, he games. Had no choice then though, <laughs> right? Yeah. But I mean, did did he really have a choice in this situation? Like, would it not have been better for him to be more aggressive and just be like, "Give me the damn ball" and at least try? Yeah, and not to say that he didn't try. Thirty five points is pretty fucking good. <laughs> but what I'm saying is. Like we've seen him play that role when CP3 has been injured and yeah. he and he was the designated leader. Yeah. But I will say I don't think we've seen him play that role and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, and even if you're listening, feel free to send us a message, voice message, email, whatever. <laughs> we'll take criticism as well. Yes, we'll, we'll take, take criticism it. as well. But I don't think we've seen him play that role where it's like both him and CP3 are in the game and CP3 is just not getting it done in some way, shape, or form. And maybe they haven't had a lot of, lot of opportunities because they won most games. But CP3 isn't getting it done from, for whatever reason. And he's like, you know what? This is my night. Okay? CP3 goes sit down. This is my night. I got this. So so why didn't he do it? Yeah. What do we think about that? I don't yeah. know. Yeah. I, I think, mean, you can see uh, Bobby the officiating too, especially if you watch that postgame press yes. conference. Well, <laughs> and that's the thing. Like, you got to think about the dynamic 
in situations like that. You know, everybody, I think kind of the, the, the template or the mold is like the Jordan Pippen situation, mm-hmm. you know? So you got to think, you know, if Jordan's out, does Pippen really ever step up into that role? Like, have we ever seen that? You know what I'm saying? I don't feel comfortable comparing Devin Booker to Scotty Pippen. I'm saying that in the way to say, yeah. like, if Jordan's out, it's never just Pippen. It was Pippen. It was, you know, um, Horace Grant. It was all these other players that kind of came together to make it happen. But can um, we not say the same thing about the Suns? The Suns have been praised all season for their depth. Like between Dan Brooker, Jay Crowder, Bridges, Bridges Campaign, yeah. like <laughs> they do, they do. <laughs> but I say that to say I don't think D Book has become that leader yet. You know what I'm saying? I mean we can't we can't sleep on the points and the stats. But leadership is something beyond the numbers. You know what I'm saying? And for him to step into that role and say, I got this, I don't think he's there yet. You know what I mean? Here and there, he can, he can, he's definitely a factor. He definitely makes a difference. But I don't think he's consistently stepped in and said, I got this if CP is gone. You know what I'm saying? CP is out the mix. I can't say. (laughs) (laughs) No, I mean, I have to admit, like, like she's not wrong. You're not wrong. You're not wrong. I was just going to say, but I'm like, are you okay with this? Because, you know, it's it's a hard (laughs) pill to swallow. Okay. Yeah. You have a lot of respect for Devin Booker as an athlete. Mm -hmm. Um, And then knowing that he was in some ways, like, mentored by Kobe Bryant. that he was kind of like a what's the word like I in in some ways you could say Kobe gave him his blessing. Yeah, I think sometimes there's that assumption that he's going to be more like Kobe, and maybe one day he will be. Right? I believe. I, I believe he has more growing to do. Definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, but I, I do have to think of an interview, and it was it was around the time whenever he broke his nose. <laughs> Because it was like to me that situation was so ridiculous because he wore the mask for a little while and people started making like the Kobe comparisons because Kobe was wearing a mask for a little while. Yeah, and I was just like, that is the most ridiculous reason. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All the players who have had to wear a mask to protect their face, as we look at Joel and B right, right now. now. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm like, yeah, a lot of players have had to do that, right? But he went in an interview and he kind of commented on all the commentary comparing him to Kobe. And he was like, I'm not Kobe, you know? Yeah. Um, And it's very easy to look at statements like that because, like, we all have had situations where we're compared to a person that we have to be like, look, that's not who I am. I'm my own person. But he may have also meant it in acknowledgement of the growing that he has to do. Because one thing that I, I can say about him is I've never seen him say something that just came off as just like, immature or lacking self-awareness or self-grandizing for no reason. That's fair. He seems to always be very aware of where he is in his development and the work that he has to do, except when it comes to his posterior chain. That's <laughs> a whole nother conversation. <laughs> I'll be so happy when he doesn't have three hamstring injuries in a season. Yeah. 
Devil, Mental. you need a personal trainer here. I got you. I got you, boo. Right here. I got you. Can you can literally pay me in phone calls. <laughs> I don't even have to get paid. <laughs> you just need me to pull up. I'm <laughs> I will YouTube the fuck out of some skills. Stuff for you to get better. But to the of us, we, we got you. We got, got them. Them. Yeah. <laughs> I am with it. I am with that. <laughs> no, no, no. I definitely agree. I mean, you know, and I, I just want to speak to there's a sense of arrogancy when you become an NBA professional basketball player. Mm-hmm. However, to humble yourself and say, you know, I'm not there yet. You know, I'm not at that certain level, you know, um, because a lot of players are compared to the Kobe's, the MJ's, the Barkley's, the Shaq's, all of that, you know. So for someone to say, I'm not that person. Yes, it's I'm my own, but at the same time, I look at it look at it as a sign of <clears throat> respect and being humble. To I still have more growing to do as a player, and I'm coming into my own. So, you know, I, I mean, I appreciate when players actually say, "No, you know, compare me to that if you want to," but I, I'm not signing off on that. Right. Absolutely, because thinking of it from a status of just like. Um, or from the perspective of just like gaining status or notoriety, like who wouldn't want to be coronated as the next Kobe Bryant? Right. Because <laughs> the same way that he went out there and was like, I'm not Kobe, he could have just like taken a picture of the tattoo on his arm, which is a quote of something that Kobe said to him. And like, like he really could have played into that if he wanted to, because all the fodder was there. Right. Um, yes. And he chose not to. And I think that was like a very mature choice. However, I- what was said about him this morning, I do think it's a valid criticism. And I I look forward to the day when he is playing that role a little bit more and says, you know what, I got this. Because it's like, even whenever he was hurt, you know, he was kind of still playing a coaching role, which which I respected because I'm a player who also like likes to play that coaching role. So I thought that was pretty cool, like to see him do that. I kind of have an idea of what that takes mentally. Um, so I think it's in there. It's in there, but it just has a little bit more development to do before he's ready to let it out, maybe. Yeah. I mean, he does have some growth to some growth to do for sure. But I don't know. I just I, I think I think he didn't want to go as hard just because he was afraid that it was gonna be the same thing as CP3. Yeah, nobody on the Suns from Monty Williams on down seemed to have an answer as to how to get back on track with right. the way that game was being called. Right. And I hate that. Like it's one thing to lose, but it's another thing to lose because like the way the game is being called is just making the game feel different than the game yeah. that you're used to playing. It's just not enjoyable. It's just right. not enjoyable. And while we're on that topic, Let's talk about fouls in the NBA in general. So I'm going to share a video, but I'm sure these are videos of fouls that we've all already seen. So I'm talking everything from, I really want to say that the controversy started with the Draymond Green uh, foul that got him ejected from the game. And there was controversy after that. And then after that, it kind of felt like almost every major foul call 
ended up being debated, whether it was on social media or in sports talk, it ended up being debated. So like right now we have on video the foul that Draymond Green committed um, during game one of the of the Golden State and Memphis series where he hit a player in the face. And then, you know, the, the jersey pool ended up happening. Um, so there was that. Last night, there was a foul Harford committed against Giannis that got him a tech where people were like, you know, I don't think that should have been a tech. And of course, all the all the old heads who are now doing sports analysis are kind of like, oh, in the 90s, that wouldn't have been anything. And I get what they're saying. They're not wrong. However, let's put it in context of today. I feel like yeah, even we're not in, in the today's, 90s anymore. Y'all. Yeah, we're not in the 90s anymore. Yes, the rules has changed. The officiating has changed. Right. But. I do feel like even in today's, by today's standards, I don't know if that should have counted against Harford. Um, you know, we have the situation with uh, John Morant and him accusing another player of of basically um, doing a dirty play. It's, it kind of started with Steve Kerr, when Steve Kerr said that um, Dylan Brooks broke the code, so to speak, um, when one of the Warriors players ended up with it speaking of, ended uh, up with a fractured elbow. Uh, um, uh, it is, it is and <laughs> we were watching the game, like, why do you replay this over and over and over again? They said that he wasn't aiming for the ball, but hold on. I'm going I'm to go back a second because I feel like what he was he? aiming for the ball. Yeah, he was. Just dude's head was in the way, and that's a bad way to describe it, but if you look he where was. his head is and where the ball is, I, I, I think two things can be true. People were saying that Dylan Brooks is is immature and that that was an immature play. Sure. But they also were saying that he wasn't going for the ball. I think he was going for the ball, but his inexperience and perhaps lack of maturity caused him to not pay attention to whether or not there could have been contact with the man's head. That's that was my perspective on it. I don't think it was a dirty play. I don't, I don't think, think he so intended for that player to end mm. up with a with a fractured elbow. No. None of that. No. Um, but he ended up being suspended for a game for it. And I almost kind of think that if the player hadn't ended up with an, an with an injury himself, that he wouldn't have ended up with a with a suspension, which I don't think is fair. But we can break that down in a second. But overall. There seems to be a lot of debate about how the game is being officiated right now and whether or not it makes sense or if the officials are causing the game to become a little soft, if we should just let players play and be a little bit more aggressive. And like, yo, sometimes contact happens, injury happens, and certain things we should just play through and not do a review for a possible flagrant for every single bit of aggressive contact. What are y'all's thoughts on that? You want to go, Tiff? Yeah, I think um, definitely there needs to be a level of accountability on the players and the referees. I mean, you're playing at the highest level. Like, this is their job. So, you know, in any other profession, you know, there's hazards. But, you know, there has to be some protocols in place where, you know, hey, I – I need to be able to go to work and know that there are at least some boundaries in place to protect me from being out, you know, or being done for the season forever. You know, because the thing about an injury is some people bounce back from the injuries. Some people, you know, that elbow, that knee, that ankle is never the same. So, you know, I mean, 
it is a physical game. It is a physical sport. You got to let the guys play. Um, but I think, you know, yes, coming into it, like, for example, the elbow injury. I mean, he wasn't even looking. By the time he was up, he wasn't even looking. His eyes weren't even on the guy. So he didn't know what he was hitting, what he was bumping. You know, I don't think anybody goes in intentionally to hurt another player. Um, but stuff happens. But I think it's up to the referees and up to the like the governing bodies to decide what's flagrant, what's not. And I think it needs to re- be reviewed, not just postseason. I think throughout, you know, because things change. I think throughout the season – game film, different things need to be looked at and determined, okay, this was maybe not intentional, but players don't need to move like this, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so I think that's that's all very important. I think there needs to be a little bit more consistency in the way the referees call games and what's a file, what's a flagrant, what's not. I mean, and and I don't know. I'm not a referee. I don't know what that training looks like, but there needs to be some form of consistency and that level needs to be improved a little bit because, I mean, people are getting hurt and players are getting injected and this and that. And, I mean, I think nobody's trying to take anybody out. Nobody's trying to hurt anybody. I mean, everybody wants to win. Ain't no doubt about that. But, I mean, I don't think nobody's trying to – you know, have somebody in surgery hospitals or whatever behind trying to win a game or a season or whatnot. Right. And I mean, I, so with the Draymond Green foul, especially once it was broken down, why he was called on flagrant two. Actually, before that, when I saw the jersey pull, I was like, yeah, that needs to be a flagrant too. And there were a lot of people who made the same point that I was thinking of when I when I came to that conclusion. And it was the fact that certain things you have to call because if players start to think that they can get away with, with certain things, they'll come up with a way to do it mm-hmm. and make it look like an accident. Right. Because mm-hmm. the people who were saying that Draymond shouldn't be called on a flagrant they were like, oh, well, you know, look at his face. He, he actually tried to help the guy up. You know, he looked like it was an accident. And so there are dudes who will practice making it look like it's an accident just so they can pull dudes down by their jersey and get yeah. away with it, right? And then whenever the, the official actually broke down, like, no, he hit this dude in the face and then pulled him by his jersey, I was like, okay, yeah, definitely flagrant too. You know, sorry if you yeah. didn't intend to do it, but you did it, but that needs to be called. Yeah. But things like um, the the Dylan Brooks suspension, I didn't think that he deserved to be suspended because, like, first of all, the the elbow fracture happened because of the way the dude landed. Yeah. Yes. You know, not because of the contact to his head, you know? Right. And secondly, you could I, – I felt like it was, like, one motion. Um, Draymond Green's situation was actually, like, three oh. He hit the dude yes. in the face – Grab the jersey and then pull. That's like three things, dude. Like, like, sorry. Like, yeah. if you do three things wrong, you at least deserve it for flagrant two. Yeah. <laughs> three yeah. things, flagrant two. Like, okay, that's fair. Okay. But for that, like, one swipe that happened to hit his head, I thought that would be like a flagrant one. I definitely didn't expect a flagrant two plus yeah. a game suspension. That was like kind of crazy to me. Um, and so it's like, and then when you look at the, the things that Chris Paul was called on, I'm, I'm just like, really? Really? 
like the scenes that were not impactful, obviously not intentional. And I was just like, why are you calling these things? Some of it, yes, I get. But there were uh, definitely a few calls, like I mentioned before you came on, when both him and uh, Doncic went in the air at the same time. And as they landed, they bumped into each other. And the refs felt the need to call that as a foul on Chris Paul or the, or the sixth foul that he got where his hands were coming down and touched the other players' arms. And it was just kind of like, that was such and I think it's at the end here. That's such a bullshit. That was such a bullshit call. Yeah, I think I think the video is going to show it in a second. This might be the section. It might not. But it was definitely like, it was definitely like, really? You're calling that? Like, the look on his face yeah. is the same look I had on my face. Yeah. <laughs> really? Like, that is the face of a man who is frustrated and is just like, <laughs> yeah. I you just yeah. called that. This that's is the one. This that's, is the the one. one. that's the one. This is the sixth nothing. one. Nothing. It was like nothing. And they're going to zoom he in was on it. already in a there. Like, like, you cannot. What? Like, really? <laughs> it's like, oh my God, are y'all trying to ruin this game? Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. No, I, I mean, and that's the thing. Like, it's like you said, the Draymond Green. I, I think at that point he was like, it's going to be a file, so let me add some more shit on it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I'm already down to shit. Yeah, let's like, <laughs> go all the way down with it. But otherwise, like, I mean, like I said, there needs to be more consistency in the calls. Like, it's not, it's, you know, you, one game, I mean, I, I just know just from the years of watching ball that I've seen, like, there are certain critical games that I can say the refs gave it to him. You know what I mean? And I think, like, there needs to be more accountability on the referees, like, bottom line, you know. Um, The players, like I said, I don't think – for me, the main thing with the players is I don't – like, no one should be getting hurt off of a foul. Like, you shouldn't be pulling somebody down, snatching somebody down, taking them out, the knees, nothing like that. But some of the ticky-tacky stuff, like – you know, there needs to be some consistency with that. Um, because honestly, let's be real. Like, what is a charge? A charge <laughs> is somebody basically standing there to try to get a foul. You know what yeah. I mean? That's what that is. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there needs to be some more regulation with the foul calling and all of that. Because, I mean... It feels like that's what the game is turning into. It feels like the game is turning into, let me put the refs in a situation to have to make a call. And that's not what I want to see. No. I want to see dudes, like, going towards the basket. I want to see dudes, like, like trying to one-up each other. I want to see them be aggressive with each other. Not like, okay, let me fall down. Let me show that I'm injured. Let me exaggerate the impact. Yeah, just the whole, Soccer, that's, that's soccer flaw. Yeah. I cannot sit him like do not that, bring this into basketball. Yeah. All that shit is why people don't want to watch men's soccer. Yes, yes. Like, all of it. So I'm just like, can we not like we we've seen this movie, right? We've seen mm-hmm. it in the MLS. Let's not bring it into the NBA. Right. Yes, Let's keep letting you. NBA yes. players yes. be aggressive and talk shit to one another. That's what we want to see. Giannis got a ton. I know. And I, I was just like, it's Giannis. He don't even really cut. He comes to a press conference and tells a dumb joke. What could he oh. possibly say <laughs> that you're like, oh, I need to assess the tech? What? It's so wrong in my eyes. I'm gonna just say okay. that. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, there's that part for me. 
All right. There's a couple of other topics that I want to get to before we have to sign off. So one of them is the Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue, which is to feature five WNBA players. And so one of the reasons why I'm really excited about this is because I've been saying for a long time that like, one, there's a difference between the way that some companies or some of the powers that be will try to sexualize women versus the way that some women will present themselves as being attractive and and sexy, especially when it comes to who it's targeted to. Because sometimes it feels like companies that are trying to make women sexy are trying to make them sexy for heterosexual cisgendered white males, right? (laughs) Whereas there are so many people in this world who are attracted to women who are not heterosexual cisgendered white males, right? And they (laughs) like more diversity in the women that that they view or that they find attractive, right? Also, when the NIL deal started happening for uh, college athletes, I was like, this is going to be great for women athletes, especially because now they can take charge of how they're marketed and how they build their own audience instead of having to wait for somebody else to try to shape them in a certain image. Right. So when I found out that Sports Illustrated was uh, doing this issue featuring WNBA players, To me, it was kind of like a confirmation of what I kind of saw happening with the L.A. Sparks. I don't know if you've looked at the L.A. Sparks roster, but damn. (laughs) (laughs) Especially since they added Liz Cambage. I'm just like, well, fuck. When y'all's calendar coming out? Like, when y'all launching the party? Um, I'm going to have to check out the roster. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> but as I was to say, um, Sports Illustrated swimsuit issue is is going to feature five WNBA players. So it's going to feature uh, Sue Bird of the Storm, Taya Cooper, who is technically a free agent at this point, uh, Sparks forward Neka Ogumike, Liberty guard Didi Richards, and Storm forward Brianna Stewart amongst yes, its pages. I just love um, her. I'm going to see if I can share this. This is not a video, but I'm going to see if I can share yeah. this just so I can, um, just so I, just so people can see what Perfect. I'm referring to. Perfect. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So here we go. Um, we've got the images on the screen with us. So that's uh, Neko, Yimike, and Sue Bird. Ooh, and yes. I got to go back to this page. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Love it. And I'm just, I'm loving it. One, because like they're WNBA players, that's Brianna Stewart. Um, and a lot of people have stereotypes about WNBA players, which makes me think that, like, I don't know who they're watching, like, with some of the stereotypes that they have. But also, I appreciate that the fact that these women are all tall and amazing women athletes, but they all have very realistic body types, right? They're not all sitting at like 8% body fat. Like, Tay Cooper, she fit. Oh, Damn, you know Jared what I'm Cooper saying? Like, you know, Sue Bird, like, she's not a busty woman. Yeah. Like, you know, we're seeing all kinds of body types and body shapes and mm-hmm. ethnicities represented. And I think it's beautiful. Um, so, you know, just a quick plug since I'm using other people's content. This article is from the New York Post. Um, and you can also, of course, check out the next issue of, of Sports Illustrated to see these photos. But I just, I really respect it. And I know that some people, there are some people in the camp of let's actually just, you know, let women athletes just be athletes and that's it. But I'm just like, no, one of the great things that I love about women, especially in this day and age, is that they can do multiple things. They can be athletic. 
and they can be appreciated for that their athleticism and also be appreciated for being sexy. And they don't have to be sexy to everybody. So it's like, if you're not into women with a certain athletic build, okay, fine. Well, Sue Bird is not for you, and that's fine. There are people who she is for, and they love her. Like, like Megan Review. <laughs> precisely, right? So it's like you don't have to fit one specific mold in order to be on the cover of a magazine or to be featured in a swimsuit issue. And I, I just love the fact that they featured all these different body types and the fact that they're showing these women in a different light outside of their typical athletic wear yeah. and doing something that's, you know, more masculine and aggressive and athletic. Yep. Yeah, agreed. I mean, one thing about us as women, there is such a broad spectrum of what that looks like and you know, being able to own what your identity is and express that and show that and represent that to, you know, younger, like I'm raising a daughter, you know, I want her to see, you know, yeah. dark skin girls. I want her to see, she's, she's I'm five, three, she's five, two. But I want her to see tall women, dark women, you know, thick girls, like I want her to see everything. And so I love that, you know, you know, the sports illustrators of the world, even like the Playboys and uh, Vogue's and all, they are opening the doors. And I know it took a very long time for us to get to this point, but I love that they are opening the doors to show the diversity of women. And I, I'm glad that as women, we are becoming so much more comfortable in our skin and in yes. our sexuality and who we are and our bodies that, because it took those women to be comfortable enough to say, right. yes, I'll do the cover. Yes, I'll do the spread. You know right. what I mean? Like there's probably <laughs> some points where, you know, back in the day, there were athletes that were like, I can't do it. I don't want to do it. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I, you, you know, so I, I embrace the fact that that it's being able to be shown and there's yeah. women that are stepping up to, to say, yes, yes I will be represented. You know yeah. what I mean? Cause so I, I really like that representation, you know, Absolutely. For, and, and for them to be the first or whatever, but you know, later on, these girls are growing up. are going to be like, Oh shit. Well, if they made it, I can make it too. I can be that. I right. can be that. And that's the other thing too. So, you know, my background is marketing PR sales. So, mm -hmm. You don't know your audience until you put something new in front of the people. Yes. yes. And then you create, you know, it's it's like one of the things they say in marketing and sales is, you know, don't don't build something for an audience, build something to create a buyer. You know, build something to create something that people want. So, you know, putting these different bodies and these different shapes and shades and everything out there like they're opening the doors that you know they thought were closed like yes. exactly <laughs> yes. exactly you know what I mean? like people want to see that like you know yes. we talk about you know this one demographic of audience that we're trying to appeal to no there's billions of people in this world yes. So yes. You, to, you know open it up like you know people want to see more than just this one box shape type of thing step yeah. up and step that you know like we we i think like i love it i am so excited for it like like i said you know 
I am not the body type of, of, of model. You know, I'm short, I'm dark skinned, you know, all of that. But, you know, there's people that want to see people like me. There's people that want to see people like that look like something else. And I'm I'm fucking here for it. I'm here for all of it. <laughs> I am too. And I and I think that's one of the things that's really become more prevalent with the increased popularity of the WNBA and of women's soccer is that like if you were to look not even that long ago, just a few years ago, at like the mission statements of a lot of the sports broadcasting companies, a lot of them have proactively changed their wording. Um you know, and it was smart of them to do so before they get dragged. But <laughs> there were several companies who outright made it clear, like, you know, in their mission statements, or if you were to read some of the documents in their media section of their website, they made it very clear who they were targeting. And it was almost always like white males. I mean, I don't think they usually said white, but they made it very clear that they were targeting men. You could tell from the content that they put out, it was like heterosexual men, usually hyper-masculine, if not toxically masculine, right? And I feel like with, you know, the, the WNBA and WNBA <laughs> players being more open and women's soccer players being more open, those two sports especially, mm -hmm. people have realized like, no, there are minorities and minority women and queer women who are very interested in these things and if we put out more content for them they'll be part of our audience too yeah. so not everything has to cater to like the people in this in this particular box and i appreciate that because you know even though i'm not a queer woman i do appreciate the fact that more types of women are being showcased and highlighted and yes. spotlighted and put in the forefront. I appreciate it as a queer woman. You know? <laughs> I do. I appreciate that. It's hard. It's hard. To, <laughs> it's hard to feel represented sometimes as a woman. You know, like it's and much as a queer woman, it's it's yeah. Yes, and I'm gonna I'm gonna share real quick. I I want to share um Tia Tia Cooper's. I just um, love her so much. The video that she put out of the. All her videos, even with, with <laughs> Alvin, they're just so cute. They're just so cute. But yeah, like, <laughs> this is what I meant when I was like, Taya Cooper is like thick, right? It's yeah. like, it's like she is athletic, but she doesn't have like, you know, that muscle tone that we normally think of. She doesn't mm -hmm. have like, you know, a super small waist. And like, she's beautiful, she you know? Is. And she's so beautiful. like, I know a lot of women with this body type who have felt a way because they don't have that small waist or because they don't have certain muscular definition. Mm -hmm. And I just love that she's like, you know, like I look good. Yeah. Alva Kamara is in her comments, like you look good. <laughs> like, I'm just like, yes, more of this, you know? <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love it. I love that she, I mean, you could just see the confidence. You know, yes. video like that's the thing. Like I just, I love to see women owning what yes. you look like. You know what I mean? Like you know, it's not a mold. And like um, going back to something you said earlier, like you know, it's yes, things have been targeted to a certain demographic, but there's so many demographics that are making money that people can monetize off of exactly in that space, like. You know, the LGBTQ community is a very, yeah, I mean, I hate to say it, but they get, they wealthy. They got, they get the bags, you know what I mean? So you got to, you know, you got to be able to meet people where they are. And I think that just 
you know, creating content, creating magazine covers, whether products, services, whatever, to meet one demographic that is so become and also becoming very niche now. The 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 white cis male is becoming very niche now. That's not like even it, yeah. they in charge, but they really becoming like the minority. I mean, I I would love to see all these other demographics becoming at least a little bit more on the even playing field as far as who things are marketed to. Um, But that's the thing. Like, I love to see uh, the diversity in the mixture. And I think like if you're in a business where you're trying to make money, there are so many more demographics that you can market to. And I mean, I love to see everything. I love what was before because I just love to see women, you know, owning and, and getting something out of us being women. But you know, like as we become more diverse and more comfortable in who we are, like from a monetization part of it, like, yes, like put everything out. <laughs> like we okay with that. We love yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. So the last thing that I want to talk about. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you laugh. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Do I know what this is about? Yeah. I sent it oh. to you earlier today. Oh. <laughs> I think this is going to be another thing where it's not going to let me. Um, I'll play it. Yeah. Let me, let me oh, see if it's already. Oh, yeah. Yes. I know what you're talking yes. about. Yes. Let you me see if it's, it to you? No, no, no. I think okay. I think I already have it in this tab from, from where I downloaded the video earlier. Oh, so I'll, I I'll just play it from this video. tab. I just saw that. Oh, oh no. This video is hilarious. <laughs> All right. So I'm going to share this. I mean, Stephen A is in it. So, of course. Oh. Something's going to happen. It might be kind of long for a video clip, but like the whole thing is is kind of funny. Oh my god! She <laughs> <laughs> saw the face and she's like, "Oh no!" Fantastic by Stephen A. It's discussing the Dallas Cowboys. Not where I'm told we should go right now. Oh God! Oh, how about this tweet from uh, one of Stephen A.'s favorite spots? Dallas Mayor Eric Johnson tweeting this: "The answer is Dallas. Why we're about to pass Chicago Metro and become number three metro in the U.S., which would make us the largest U.S. metro without two teams. Football is king here. Dallas needs an expansion team, and we would be able to sustain two NFL teams better." Than LA or New York. <laughs> <laughs> Do the Dallas fans deserve A couple of things. Is that mayor an African American? I couldn't see. Is, is that mayor an African American? Because I'm an advocate of, of, of African Americans being in such positions a mayoral position, a gubernatorial position. Obviously, the presidency. I mean, I appreciate these <laughs> But the reason I'm asking that question, Swagoo, is I want that man removed from office right now. And I, I want to make sure, I want to make sure the world understands that that man, Mayor Eric Johnson, should be removed from office immediately. And if I'm Jerry Jones, I want him out. I want him gone. What? I mean... Blasphemy. <laughs> and this is coming from me, of all people. Oh, me, of all people. Listen, how, how do you justify saying something so nonsensical? The Dallas Cowboys, and I can't believe I got to find myself in a position where I'm in. This is the number one brand. This is the number one brand. In all of sports, I would say number two to the Yankees. What's the other thing they call? What's the other thing they call? 
America's team. I know that. But we know they don't deserve that. We know they don't deserve that. America is not about mediocrity. America is about greatness, not about mediocrity. He's so rude. He's so rude. But in all seriousness, the brand that is the Yankees would be worth more if the if baseball was as popular as the NFL. Clearly, it is not. So considering the popularity of the NFL, combined with the fact that this is the number one brand, and you're talking about the stars on the helmets, the cheerleaders, the billion-dollar playpen, and Jerry Jones is the owner for the local mayor in the city of Dallas to advocate for another football team. I mean, this man, they should have a petition to get him removed from office immediately. He shouldn't get another vote. He, this is only term. This is the only term in his office. He won't come. He won't recover from this market. He won't recover from this. You can't say. You can't say something like that. Even I know that. You can't do that. Listen, I am. I'm a native New Yorker. I ain't as much as I love no state income taxes because I thought about Texas. I'm an Austin, Texas fan, by the way. Austin, Texas is my thing. Come through. But I love, the, but I love Dallas, too. But I love Dallas, too. And in terms of the city, a metropolis. But I'm just, I just the fans I can't think. But my God, I'm just sitting there like, how does the mayor of Dallas? I wouldn't even advocate for a straight football team to be in Dallas, let alone another NFL team. That man should be ashamed. <laughs> I'm making a prediction right here, Swaggoo. He's get in my warmest prediction. This is his last term in office. He won't recover from this. Oh, this is last term in office. Go ahead, Swaggoo. See, ridiculous. Uh, you, you, first of all, I, I love when we can agree on something because you are <laughs> I'm surprised that they didn't ask for his letter of resignation this morning. Right. Based on what he just what he just what he just tweeted out. The second thing is, you know, so so I'm old school, Stephen. You know I got an old soul to wisdom. I used to sit with my granddaddy on the sofa and watch westerns. That's what I used to call them. We watched That's the right. westerns. Yeah. And the westerns, the westerns sum up this the best way I heard it in all of the westerns that I watched. This town ain't big enough for the two of us. So <laughs> that's all it boils down to. Amen. And, 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 and I get it. Like Eric Johnson, it's on first take. People talking about it. But you know damn well. <laughs> everybody in the world know. Everybody, especially in Dallas, Texas, know that Jerry Jones mm-hmm. is going to make a decision about anything involving football. Hold you on, can tweet, text. Put a legislature together, anything. It ain't happening. It ain't hold happening. On, hold on. There was a second part of this tweet that I want to bring up to you guys. We need an AFC team wondering. that plays in Southern Dallas. It, we would never want for a no. fan base Hell or no. attendance or support from the city of Dallas who wouldn't want to see a Dallas versus Dallas Super Bowl in the city of Dallas. That is ignorant. Not get another term in office. He will not get another term. He will not get this is it. This is it. This is it right now. Jerry Jones is already you know this swaggoo. Jerry Jones, Molly, is already behind the scenes. This is Jerry Jones right now. Oh good 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 afternoon. I can't believe the ridiculousness that this man just sat up there and tried to propose. I want this oh. man gone. Now, how long is it going to take to get rid of him? That's how what long I is it going right to take? Now. And guess what? They're going to go like this. Yes, sir, Mr. Jones. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get right on it. That brother, it's done. That it's, done. It's, just, it's, it's an hey, ignorant hey. thing to do. It's an ignorant suggestion. Stephen A., S.A., to your point. All right, to your point, man. I'm glad. We, we, 
we we got a little we got the mail tweeting, so we got some politics. They do does Eric Johnson know how much money the Dallas Cowboys generate for the city of Dallas? <laughs> does he have any idea? Clearly not. The, the ramifications of saying bring another team to Dallas. And listen, I know, I know, I know we joking, but there was yeah. a I was there when we built the new stadium. I was with the Cowboys. Yeah. And it was a big, it was a big issue with the stadium being in Arlington as opposed to downtown Dallas, yes. close to the Mavs and all of yes. that, right? The fact that he's hinting back at that, based on what has transpired, it gets to probably a little bit more serious than he imagined it should be. Listen. All right. So we'll we'll cut that off there. Um, I After I watched that segment, I was literally like passively listening to First Take. I like First Take was on and I was cleaning and shit. And then when I heard that, I was just like, wait. The fuck? <laughs> and I had to stop and look up the mayor's tweet. So this was in response to a tweet from NFL on CBS. And they said, if the NFL announced a new expansion team, what city do you think most deserves it? And so Mayor Eric Johnson responded via tweet. The answer is Dallas. Why we are about to pass Chicago Metro and become the number three metro in the U.S., which would make us the largest U.S. metro without two teams. Football is king here. Dallas needs an expansion team, and we would be able to sustain two NFL teams better than L.A. or New York. I don't think that's true. But he goes on to say we need an AFC team. So the the quote that um, Molly Karam um, talked about, about having an AFC team and somehow thinking that, both Dallas teams are going to end up in the Super Bowl without, which is a whole other issue. Um, but he did have another tweet that said, um, let me go to it. It said, so far, and this was in response to a tweet uh, from uh, Bud, Quin- Bud Kennedy, who said, uh, the Dallas mayor, Eric Johnson, wants a second NFL team, but Jerry Jones and Cowboys will have the say-so, which is true. Yeah. Um, because yeah. Jerry Jones oh, yeah. um, dictates a lot in the NFL oh, beyond yeah. just the Cowboys. Oh, yeah. But um, Eric Johnson's uh, response to that was so far detractors of the idea of a second NFL franchise in the Mecca of football that is Dallas fall mostly into two camps. Those who think it couldn't compete with the most valuable sports franchise on earth for market share and those who think it could compete too well. So basically suggesting that there are some Dallas fans and supporters who are afraid Somehow, um, of having new team of having just... competition, which I'm just like, really, <laughs> really. And if you look at Mayor Eric Thomas's Twitter, he is very big on capitalizing on sports in Dallas. Everything from hockey to football to basketball, like he's big. He's yeah. a big supporter of the sports teams and of the growth supports, which I get. But I'm just like, I I've, I don't even live in Dallas. And I understand the type of tribalism that exists among Cowboys fans. And I was just like, even if you had the funds to launch another NFL team, the type of tribalism and vitriol related to that tribalism that you would be subjecting them to, who would want to deal with that? (laughs) It wouldn't work. It just wouldn't work. I, I don't think, well, let's start with the Super Bowl. Have the Jets and the Giants ever played in the Super Bowl? Let's just answer right. that question. <laughs> New York Jets, New York Giants, have they ever played? No. Okay. In Patriots, not, that that just certain things just don't happen. Um, the other part of it is I, I get the capitalism part of it. Like, hey, we 
we want this. We think it could, you know, we're going to get some fans that were never football fans and boom, it's going to help us. But you're right. Dallas fans are so hardcore. Like, hardcore and so like, it's a reason the Cowboys play on Thanksgiving, win or lose. You know, <laughs> you know, so it's like to build a, I think you're setting up a franchise for failure in Dallas. Yes. yes. It be in Texas, definitely. Maybe it's an Austin, you know, uh, maybe it's, you know, this has been thrown around a lot of times, you know, in San Antonio football, something between the San Antonio, Austin area. Um, but I just, Dallas ain't it. Dallas ain't it. Like, like even even the thought of putting a football team in Austin has been shot down because of the thought of competition of the Cowboys, you know? And he's like, oh yeah, we're going to be number three in comparison to LA and New York. And I'm like, there's still a big fucking gap between (laughs) Dallas and LA and New York. Right. And I was like, I don't know if he said this to get attention, to see like what people would say, but like, I kind of agree with Stephen A. Smith that it is ignorant. And Marcus Spears made a really good point talking about the new stadium. Like the new stadium is in Arlington. The team practices and has sponsors from Frisco. So where, where exactly are you going to put this team (laughs) where, where they won't have to compete with already established Cowboys entities and sponsors and companies that are already like pledging their loyalty to Cowboys. Where are you going to put them? Waco? (laughs) (laughs) What? The Baylor Bears is going to beat the shit out of them. (laughs) I I mean, I, I say this, I, I don't see it happening in Dallas. No, no. What I love to see in Texas is a football state. What I love to see it somewhere in Texas, absolutely. But I, I just don't think it can, no. Yeah, I just don't see it being in Dallas. I mean, Stephen A was extra. <laughs> always. Everybody all always says if we were more like that, we would have more listeners. I don't know. If yeah. that, I feel like I need to go to acting classes to even pull that off. <laughs> you gotta be like. You know, <laughs> it is. you got to be with that. But nah, I, I don't see it happening. I mean, Jerry's on the phone now laughing about that. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's yeah, like, yeah, they they on the phone. Phone. <laughs> you know, um, um, but I don't know. I, I would, I mean, I feel what like, if, what if, blood twist, what if Jerry called the mayor to put that tweet out? To get more, <laughs> uh, hey, to get attention to it. I'm not joking. To get attention to it, Jerry is weird. I don't put nothing about Jerry that. is not dumb. Yeah, exactly. Jerry is weird, but Jerry is not dumb. You know, like I mean, it's like I said, it's a reason. Jerry gonna be there. <laughs> He's gonna. He he does. I feel like hey. Why don't you just throw our name out there and just yeah, you know, <laughs> see what they say. Like, yeah. this will be fun. It'll yeah. get us some more mentions. Yeah. It'll get yeah. Because I'm like, you it's know, like the football season and we're talking about football. Like, you know? I mean, the, the, the new on Thursday, supposedly there's going to be like this cool ass 
release video that Dallas is putting out for the release of the season schedule. All right. We shall see. So, I mean, the NFL is doing a really good job of making sure that there's a reason to talk about them year round. You know, it's like after the playoffs and the Super Bowl, they immediately go into, oh, the combine. Oh, the draft. Oh, we've got these international games. Don't you want to hear about them? Oh, our new schedule is going to be released. Oh, and now there's a rookie camp. Don't you want to see it? We got hard knocks on HBO, right? Okay, now all the players are at camp. Let's talk about what's going on there. Oh, now it's preseason. Like, yeah, they're, they're killing it when it comes to that. So, yeah, no, they, they definitely do. I mean, uh, I don't see another NFL team coming in. I mean, we, we, we may be coming into the number three metro area in the U.S. However, we ain't finna get no other team. Yeah, we have a long way to go before we can support something like another NFL team. But you have an NFL team. You have a, an NBA team. You have an NHL team. You have a, a baseball team too, no? Well, the Rangers are, where are they? The Texas Rangers, is that kind of south, north, outside of Dallas? Well, they're still okay, considered. but it's still, it's still the area. Yeah. So you have all four major sports that are played in this country. You have a team. <laughs> and we also have to think about the fact that in the cases of in L.A. and New York, you're thinking about teams that share venues. True. Jerry Jones is not about <laughs> to allow no other team to call AT&T <laughs> Stadium home. Ain't nobody like, going to Jerry World. Ain't nobody. What? <laughs> ain't nobody going to the star. It's called the star for a set for a reason. Yeah. No, no, no. no. He ain't, it, you're right. For that reason alone, he's like, no, this is my house. Like, <laughs> y'all ain't sharing it. Y'all ain't moving in. Y'all ain't moving in. Now I'm laughing at the idea. Now I'm laughing at the idea of Jerry Jones being like, y'all can eat a dick. <laughs> Earlier in our podcast, we were like, I would pay money to hear Jerry Jones saying, these bitches are right. I would pay more money to hear Jerry Jones be like, y'all can eat a dick. (laughs) He would, I think, if he ain't said it to somebody, it's thinking it, you know? So, uh, it ain't happening. It ain't happening. It ain't happening. All right. Well, good, good. good times, good times. And Stephen A., since you love Austin, if you ever want to come through and be on the show, open, hey, open invitation. Open we will <laughs> gladly debate you. Come through. We'll pour you a drink. I don't know if you drink, but we'll pour you a drink. We'll take you out whatever to some good restaurants. Yes. Whatever. We'll show you some good derby, whatever. Like, let's let's talk. Come give us lessons. <laughs> everybody says we need to be more like you. Give yeah. us give us some lessons yes. on on how to be a little bit more um Stephen emotional. <laughs> yeah, Stephen. Yeah, let's make that a verb uh, or an adjective. Let's give us some lessons on how to be more Stephen A-ish. Um, <laughs> all right. Stephen before that, we- what are y'all drinking? I've seen you had a drink. She yeah, Elena had a drink. You had a drink. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll plug them again. So this yes. is this is Empress Gin. It's so good. It Tim. is. It's and so good. I'm trying to get the get the lighting to show the label. I got it. Okay. It's an go Gin. Because okay. S. Payne loves gin, and we're both members of, of Violet Crown, and one of our team colors, according to our color palette, is a dark indigo. indigo. Yes. Um, so I appropriately got her this indigo gin as a gift, and so that's why you see us sipping sipping on purple drink, but it's not that purple drink. I know yes. you're from Houston. It's not that purple drink. <laughs> it's a different one. It's a different one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Y'all are leaning. 
I get it. I no, get it. she poured her last. This was my first time actually watching her pour a drink, and I was like, oh, okay. That's I see. <laughs> <laughs> because I know the recipe for a gin and tonic and how much you're supposed to put in there, and I saw her pour it, and I was like, mm. Okay. And, <laughs> she don't and the thing, when she comes to the house, I'm like, "Do you want a drink?" I'm like, "Yeah, sure." So I just go to the kitchen and pour it, so yeah. she never sees it. But today, because yeah. we brought everything, so I poured it for her. Like, ah, okay, I got it. But it's so smooth. It's so good. It really it's is a smooth so drink. good. It's it's no um it's no dyes or colors in here. They <laughs> use gym. butterfly pea flower to color it. So it's it's basically like dyeing it by putting it in, kind of like what you would do teeth, with like seeping teeth. So it's like no artificial colors or dyes. They just basically let these the petals of this flower soak in there and so it dyes the gin. So it's not like, um, you know, some sort of cheap, quick way of doing it. And it, it creates a very smooth tasting gin. It tastes great, looks good in drinks. If you go to their website, they have so many recipes of drinks that are just pretty. They actually have some drinks that are indigo and gold that I want us to try sometimes. Because um, they've done some cool layering drinks with like orange juice, mango juice, pineapple juice. Yeah. Um, cool excited. shit. So, it is so I'm, good. I'm a fan. Yes. I'm a fan. So good. Empress sponsored the podcast. Yes. <laughs> yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, we've been getting tonic every episode every anyway. Episode. So, so, like, if you want us, well. if you want folks <laughs> looking at this bottle, it's <laughs> <laughs> yes. a pretty bottle, too. Yes. Love it. Love it. Love it. Love it. <laughs> All right. Speaking of sponsoring and support, is there anything else that you want to throw out about every kid's sports before we sign off? Um, I just want to throw out, visit the website. You can donate. I mean, any dollar amount helps. I mean, think of the fun that you've had playing sports and think of the kids that are sitting on the curb because their friends are going off to practice and, the website? and all that. It's everykidsports.org. And um, yeah, donate. And that's it. I mean, I just want to support kids. And if there's a kid that you know that's being left out, you know, pass the message along and, you know, maybe their parents can help them get signed up and receive some funding and they can get in the game. Yes. Good, good. And do you have social media? Like, do you? Do you I do. <laughs> I do. I do. I do. My social media is at Tiff Taffy 22. Um, yeah. Just follow me. I mean, my content is fun and lame at the same time. <laughs> <laughs> you like I don't know <laughs> so yeah all right well Tiffany thank you so much for coming on and talking about your organization and having a fun conversation with us we'll have to have you on again um and so have a great weekend enjoy the Suns game tonight maybe yes. we'll we'll talk about that at some point in the future. yes 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 I like I said I want Giannis to get to the end but I love to be P3 too, so. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you guys have Bye, dear. Bye. <sighs> I love Giannis too, but I'm not going to lie. I've been rooting for Jason Tatum and the Celtics. <laughs> What? What? It's okay. It's okay. I love Jason I know, Tatum. I know, I know, I know, I know. Me too. I actually, I do too. Um, I was talking to, well, Flynn's, um, uh, what is that word? Like he thinks what's going to happen. What is that word? Prediction? Okay. Uh, is. Uh, Como that... se dice en español? 
Ya, predicción. Oh. <laughs> okay. Crushing it, y'all. It's the gym. It's actually really good. It's just really good. Okay. <laughs> But uh, he thinks that the Warriors and the Bucks are going to make it to the finals and the Warriors are going to win. I wanted the Grizzlies to make it so bad. But, like, before the series, when people were saying that the, the Grizzlies were too immature to make it out of the series, I was just like, no, they've been doing really well. And they yeah. have been doing really well. But I think we're starting to see the impact of them not having a veteran presence. And they're so really, young. All of them, they're just so young. Like, especially when you think about the fact that in this last game, the Golden State Warriors did not have the lead until like less than 50 seconds in the game. I think it was 47 point something seconds was mm. when they got the lead. And it was after that really poor shot selection by Dylan Brooks. And then you go to the other end and then Steph Curry ends up getting those free throws. And then before you know it, you're at less than a minute left. Yeah. And ultimately the, the Golden State Warriors end up with more points. And so you kind of have to ask yourself, You know, some people said that Dylan Brooks, the reason why he he took that shot was because he was trying to prove a point after being suspended for a game. And I I didn't watch any post game from him. I haven't heard him confirm or deny that. Not that anybody would actually admit to that. But when you see the way it went down, you do kind of have to wonder, like, did his immaturity play a role into him making that choice in that moment, which ultimately led to them, like, have they made a better shot? They would have gone up by more points because I think at that point they were up by what three? I think yeah, they were up by three at that point. Yeah. Um, so it was a close game, but had they scored on that possession and made it a two a two possession game, maybe the Warriors would not have come back the way that they did. Yeah. But when you start to look at kind of some of the decision making and whatnot. It, you do kind of have to start to wonder, like, maybe these folks are right, especially the people who have played in the NBA before, and they're commenting on it and saying, like, oh, yeah, this is a sign of immaturity. This is what immature players do. Yeah. Not to say that they aren't good. There's a difference no. between being good and being talented versus being immature. But it's also the first time for a lot of them to be in the playoffs. Right, like, exactly. It's, it's a whole new experience. Like, you can just judge a 20, yeah. 22 some of them, <laughs> Some of them were there last year, but some of the people on the team were, were not yeah. there last year. So. Hmm. Wait, were they? They were in the playoffs last year, right? Hold on. <laughs> Fact check. Fact check. <laughs> Memphis Grizzlies playoff appearances. Okay, yes, I was right. They were. They were. Ugh, yeah, they <laughs> oh, didn't yeah. do too well. <laughs> That's why I don't really remember. They, yeah, I yeah, thought so. They play the, the, uh, I, I thought so. So, yeah, they did make it to the playoffs. Um, and that also may, might be part of it. Maybe some people remember how they did in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Um, and so, yeah, a lot, of, a lot of the veteran NBA players have commented on the importance of having a veteran presence when you go into the playoffs because it's like a little bit of a different animal. And it seems like there's some validity to that. And yeah. so as much as I want to see Ja Morant and the Grizzlies move on to the next round and ultimately end up in the finals, especially because I would love to go to Memphis and visit friends and watch <laughs> Devin Booker <laughs> and the Grizzlies um, in the in the finals. But I think there's some validity to that. Yeah. I don't know. Flynn thinks that this is not their year yet. They're uh, on I mean, their way, but maybe next year, but not this year. There was, There's a lot of support for that argument. Yeah. I mean, I would love to see them win too. Like, for real. 
Yeah. It's just fun to watch them play. They yeah. just go balls to the wall. <laughs> Thomas is just they're, really, they're really fun to watch. watch. It's very they're enjoyable. It's very enjoyable to watch them play. So I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't but, mind a whole seven series, you know. Them going to balls to the wall that way might also be the reason that John Moran is injured right true. now. Very true. Because <laughs> very while true. that is being blamed on one play in particular, the the way that he moves and the jumps that he makes and the landings, those do take a toll on your body at some yeah, point. I think it was you know, escalated from a while back. You know, sure. I criticize Devin Booker about his posterior chain a lot, but like John Moran's hamstrings aren't exactly on point with every single landing and every single juke. So yeah. Mm, anyway. Hey I'm, Jack, this is a personal <laughs> trainer. How do you ever need one? Uh, <laughs> We Even if you just want an assessment, you know, just a, a second opinion on. That's fine. That's also, that's also, that's also fine. Yes. Easy to find. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, that's all I got. I'm looking forward to watching the Suns hopefully kill it tonight. Hopefully you get to see D-Book step up in an amazing way. Um, I just hope CP3 is going to be, like, you know, yeah. like on his game. Yes. And like he's going to be yes. good just, for, just, just to balance out the last game. Absolutely. So, all right. Yeah. That being said, anything else you want to comment on before yeah. we sign off? This was a fun episode. <laughs> this was really fun. This was a fun episode. I anticipated that it would be a fun episode. Yeah. I'm glad I was right. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, we will see y'all hopefully next week. But if not, <laughs> it'll be soon. It'll be soon. So I'm bitch two. I'm bitch one. And we're out. Bye.